Before we begin our Torah study this morning, would you pray with me? Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. This morning's message is entitled Hanukkah 2020, The God of Hope, Lessons from the Life of Joseph. I want to talk to you this morning on the second day of Hanukkah about being people who spread hope to others. And of course, tonight will be the third night, but in the Jewish calendar, you go evening, morning, and that makes a day. So we had the second night last night of Hanukkah, and today is the second day. Still, it's just a continuation of that day. And at sundown, we'll begin the third night and third day of Hanukkah. So we're on the second day, this Saturday right now. And I want to remind you that we serve the God of hope and we want to spread hope to other people. It's fitting that we spend several weeks every year reading about the life of Joseph from Torah. And it's always around the time of Hanukkah because the Torah reading schedule is structured so that the story of Joseph and the story of Hanukkah coincide uh, on our reading calendars. Because Hanukkah is a message of hope and the life of Joseph is a message of hope, these two messages go together. Joseph's life is a demonstration that trouble, rejection, disappointment can all come to an end. His life is a message to all of us that what is lost can be restored, that we can get back what has been taken from us. And Hanukkah also reminds us that what has been taken from us can be restored. During the time of the Syrian Greeks and their imperial dominion over the Jewish people in the second century before the common era, the spiritual life and the ethnic freedom of the Jewish people were almost completely lost. It was illegal to have the Torah, the prophets and the writings, the holy scriptures were declared illegal by the government. The temple in Jerusalem had been taken away for service. And instead of serving the God of Israel, it was corrupted into a temple for Zeus. Now, for all those who valued the faith and the traditions of Israel, it looked like there was no hope, no future for the Jewish people, for the nation of Israel, and for the covenant with God. All the religious liberties that they had depended on had not only become endangered, they had been lost. But the victory of Hanukkah helped turn all of that around. And you and I are here, we're believers in the God of Israel and his Messiah, and we are celebrating the fact that God can restore what has been lost. And he can work in many different ways in order to accomplish restoration. That's one reason we need to remember that we can get back what we've lost. The life of Joseph a life touched by family hatred, estrangement, injustice, and cruelty tells the story of hope and recovery from a completely different point of view and with a completely different plot line. In the life of Joseph, God is at work. God is present. God is with him. But Joseph is sold into slavery. He's rejected by his family. He's totally estranged. 
Joseph becomes a slave in Egypt. Joseph is unjustly prisoned. That's the life of Joseph, but God is at work. God is present and with him through what could have just seemed like years and years of loss and sorrow. But God's victory, God's victory, Joseph discovered, was by his spirit, not by the might and the power of armed resistance. So through this very different stories of Hanukkah and the life of Joseph, we learn that what was taken from us can be restored. And we also learn, and this is important, that God can accomplish restoration many different ways. There's not just one way that God can restore. There's not just one way that God can, can renew. God can turn what was meant for harm into something that produces good. It's not because that thing was, was good all along. No, it's because God got his hands on it and changed the end result and the outcome. Mishpacha, you serve the God of hope. The God of hope is our God. Paul wrote the Italian believers this in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope. Would some of you write the God of hope in the comments section right now, as many of you as, as can, the God of hope, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting, the way that joy and peace develop in us and the way that we overflow with hope, the way that hope develops and overflows in us is by trusting in him. There are many other things you can do that won't produce that effect. They will actually cause you to be diminished in your hope and in your joy and in your peace. The God of hope is the source of hope and he'll fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, God is always at work, and he's looking for people who will see beyond the present circumstances and situations which want to convince you to rely on the arm of the flesh. How many of us have experienced that in recent months and years, and even recent days, where you've, you've been tempted to just use the arm of the flesh to accomplish something because you're frustrated or because you think something needs to be done. Well, I want to ask you, don't give in to the arm of the flesh. Remind yourself, you serve a God who gives hope. This God, the one true God, the God of Israel, the God of heaven and earth, the God of all the world is the God of hope. He's made plans to do good for you. He's made plans for your future. All of us love that passage in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, that says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And this was written to the Jewish people at a time when they faced exile and they faced oppression and they faced um, displacement and great uncertainty. And yet, God had certain plans even through that. One central Hanukkah message is this, 
God is at work in the dark times. I think that's worth writing in the comments section. So as many as can, would you write this? God is at work in the dark times. And I would encourage you not only to write that in the comment section, I would encourage you to post that on Facebook, on Twitter, on all your social media, wherever, wherever you uh, engage in social media. God is at work in the dark times. You see, you have the ability to influence what goes out on Facebook and other social media. You're, you're not just a victim of their algorithms. You're not just a pawn in their, their uh, money-making schemes. And you're just not a conduit for what they want to put out. You can put out certain things. God is at work in the dark times. And I wanna encourage you, put, it, put this in your social media, but go beyond that. Tell other people this. God is at work in the dark times. You don't have to pretend that everything is just fine and hunky-dory, as some people like to say. No, we're living in dark times, but in a sense, we're almost always living in dark times. But God is at work in the dark times. His light will shine, and his light grows stronger. That's why the Hanukkah miracle of the oil that kept burning for eight days is a really good reminder for us. And it's why, it's why the Hanukkah tradition of lighting the Hanukkah, the menorah, each night is also a good reminder. Each day, another candle is added to the menorah. And this illustrates that the light gets brighter and brighter and God's miracle is greater and greater. As time goes by, we get to the point where all the candles in the Hanukkah are light and shining and bright to us. And at the end, the miracle is even greater. And it's also why the words of the prophet Isaiah, I think are relevant and very powerful for our generation, just as they were to Isaiah's generation. Isaiah 60 verse one says this, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. His light shines on us, Mishpocha, and you and I have light to shine for others. Thanks to Messiah, you and I can be light for the nations. Yeshua's light guides us and we can share that light. And we share that light, not just in word, but also in deed. And we don't just tell other people, we live a life that is filled with light and love. We show God's love to people. We act in ways with generosity of heart and spirit, with true kindness to people, whether they agree with us or not, whether they think the way that we think or not, whether they're, they're believing what we believe or not, we share light and goodness with them. In the same way that God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous, so the light of God from us shines upon all around us. So what do we need to do according to Isaiah? Arise, that's number one, get up. Don't just, don't just collapse. Don't be a couch potato spiritually. Arise, get up, stand up, and keep standing. Stand your ground as a peacemaker, as we shared last week, and shine, shine, 
shine. I want to encourage you to write that in the comment section. Shine, exclamation point. Shine, exclamation point. Shine, exclamation point. I'm calling this out so that you can actually chuckle a bit, but you can send a message from your fingers, from your keyboard, from your phone, whatever device you're using, you can send a message out on Facebook that says, shine, shine, shine. This morning, Sandy shared a passage from Psalm 72, verses 17 through 20 with our family. I want to read it to you. Psalm 72, verse 17 starts, his name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Verse 18, blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things, exclamation point. Verse 19, and blessed be his glorious name forever, another exclamation point, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Verse 20 says, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse are ended. What a great passage. What a great scripture that encourages us to bless the Lord and that reminds us that his name, which is forever, is going to be blessed everywhere. And we should be a part of that. That's what we should be focusing on. That's what we can be declaring. Sandy shares scriptures every day with our family. She wants to build up our hope and our faith, our gratitude and our confidence during these uncertain times. All of us need people in our lives like Sandy who build our hope and faith and help us stay focused on the Lord and use the content of scriptures to make us strong. I'm so glad for Sandy and I wanna encourage you through this word. And this is a way that Sandy's sending her love and her faith out to you all. I want to see you multiply that. Take that scripture, take that word, take what you're learning today, what you're hearing today that touches your heart, that touches your mind, and think about how you can multiply it. Think about how you can extend it. Think about how you can spread that to other people. Remember this, we, we encourage people when they are down, but we also encourage people when they're up. We encourage people in all circumstances. We want to give hope to people who are always, also filled with hope, but we want to give hope to the hopeless as well. When you give hope to those who already have hope, they begin to overflow. They have such uh, prosperity in their souls that they overflow. Their hope is added to in such a way that it then pours out upon other people. When you give hope to the hopeless, you know what? Now they have some hope. They have to cultivate it and they have to build it in order to get more hope so that they can be of benefit to other people. I wanna encourage you to be the kind of person like Sandy and share hope with other people, both the hopeless and those who are already hopeful. Share hope, share faith, share gratitude. When you do that, you are spreading the good news of Yeshua the Messiah. You're having 
an impact on people. This is a powerful way to minister to people in these days. And you can use your social media, you can use your personal uh, communications like text or email, you can make a phone call to people and share, you can send letters to others and notes and cards to others. Sandy and um, Karen Gray are two great examples of people who are sharing letters very regularly in order to encourage, to encourage me and to encourage you. One of the ways that I stay encouraged is I let people encourage me. You know, there were times in my life when I knew I needed to have the kind of um, responsibility for my own well-being so that if no one encouraged me at all, I could keep going that I could strengthen myself in the Lord the way King David had to do before he was king, when he was in Ziklag and he had such difficulties. But each of us needs to learn how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. But also there's another thing that we can do. We can let the encouragement from other people actually touch us and make a difference. You see, even a little bit of encouragement can make a difference. When you reach out to someone and you say an encouraging word, it makes a difference. When, when you take notice of someone and you care enough about them to want to encourage them in some personal way, it really makes a difference. Now, when people share something that is meant to encourage me, I thank them. I thank all of you who try to keep me encouraged. You know, this work is hard work. It's not easy. It seems like it's a big ask that I'm asking often that people of faith, that our mishpachah, disciples of Yeshua, would act like disciples of Yeshua and not like the world. It seems like a big ask. You know, like talk gently, speak positively to people, bring good news, not just bad news, um, encourage, and so forth. But you know what? That is. The, that's the basics, but there's so much spiritual resistance. There are so many other ways of thinking and living that masquerade as ultimate truth, but aren't, that want to get people's attention and their devotion, but God is the ultimate truth. And in finding our strength in God and learning to do what Yeshua tells us to do. Well, I, I know that um, there are some of you who really take it seriously that you need to encourage Sandy and me and you need to encourage Rabbi Yuri and Rabbi Sanina. You need to encourage us. You take it seriously. And when you do that, I'm so grateful. I know each of us is really grateful. When you try to encourage us, it makes a difference. So when people do something that encourages me, even when they say, thank you, you know, that message was just for me. It really helped me. I say to them, thank you, because you're encouraging me. Thank you for that encouragement. It really does make a difference for me. We need people in our lives who encourage us so that we can encourage others. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12 is a powerful scripture that, that talks about the way that God can, can change everything. And I want to read to you from a few different translations. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. Come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners who still have hope. 
I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. So who is this written to? It's written to the prisoners who still have hope. You actually have freedom, no matter the circumstance, if you have hope and if you have faith in God. The NIV puts it this way, I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. The English Standard Version, today I declare that I will restore to you double. The New American Standard Version, return to the stronghold, O prisoners who have the hope. I love that. O prisoners who have the hope, this very day, I'm declaring that I will restore double to you. Double to you. Now, I can't restore double to you, but God can in his time. There are times when what we lose is given back to us, but it's given back to us with increase. Hosea gives voice to the transforming power of God. Hosea 2 verse 15 talks about something that's absolutely incredible. It's, it's amazing. Hosea 2.15 says this, I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Wow, that is incredible. I love it. The place that gives you trouble now is going to change into the gateway of hope, the door of hope, petach tikva, the door of hope. It's possible that the very thing that seems so troubling, the place of darkness, the place of difficulty can actually become the entry point for you for hope. And as you see God at work, you'll see that transformation. You will see that the place that was giving you trouble can become the place that gives you hope. The Apostle Peter, who was Apostle to the Jewish people, speaks to the heart in 1 Peter 3.15. He says this, in your hearts, revere Messiah as Adonai. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You see, Peter expects that people will stay closely connected with those in the world around them, that they won't just live in a spiritual ghetto, that they won't just live in an echo chamber that um, is, is filled with the, all the people saying all the same stuff to each other and everyone just agreeing together. Now, he figures that, that we will be living in connection with people and in a way that causes us to interact with people who aren't experiencing what we're experiencing. They're not thinking the way that we think. They're not feeling what we feel. But he asks us to be prepared. What happens when someone comes to you and says, why do you have hope? Where does your hope come from? That's a that's great. There are times, and this will often, almost always happen privately. Rarely will it happen in public settings, even on social media. It's very rare. You can express positively certain things, but people don't really let their guard down on social media. 
I mean, they may expose themselves in strange ways. There's a lot of um, oh, exhibitionism, can we call it that, in social media of different kinds. But there are some very private and very tender things that uh, people only express and talk about when they know they're talking to someone who they're safe with. Why do you have hope? Where does your hope come from? That's such an important question. We cultivate and we nurture our hope. Otherwise, we risk becoming hopeless. And the hopeless ones can give no reason to anyone about why they have hope because, because, because they don't have hope. You see, the hopeless can't tell other people about the God of hope because they're not experiencing that hope themselves. You and I have a personal responsibility as disciples of Yeshua. It's a spiritual responsibility. It's, you could say it's a religious obligation, but you can say it's a tender matter of the heart. It's a tender matter of the heart. Be it in your hearts, revere Messiah as Adonai and be prepared to share hope with others who don't have hope, who wanna to talk to you. And they want to dialogue with you. They want to think through, not just the moat. That's very important. Now, some people, even believers these days, I think are against the idea of hope. And they're against the idea that God can work even through times of darkness. And they much prefer the idea of the arm of the flesh. You know, we've got to fight. I'm going to fight to the very end. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out uh, like in the battle. My goodness. Uh, that could be a lot of emotion, but it may not be much more than bluster. And, and here's why. Can you pass hope onto others who think very differently than you, who have a different perspective and even a different uh, religious and spiritual viewpoint? If you can, then you understand what Peter's talking about. And if you can't, then it's really difficult for you to stand your ground as a peacemaker. The peacemakers are making peace for people who don't have peace. They're taking the peace of God, the shalom of God that has impacted them, and they are spreading it to other people. And they're standing, they're using their courage and their moral courage and their, the courage of their faith and the courage of their hope to speak gently and respectfully to others. And some of us, uh, some of our mishpacha, some people, I mean, the statistics are staggering when you, when you look at it, how polarized and how hostile the divided parts of America are towards each other and how uh, ungentle and disrespectful the communication is across uh, points of division, the chasms of division. It's, uh, I think it's, a lost opportunity for us that we need to regain. I think it's even shameful that we as believers tolerate that in ourselves. We shouldn't tolerate it. We have to wrestle with and we have to 
um, allow the gentleness and the respect and the hope and the kindness dominate us rather than allow the despair and the battle spirit and the desire to use the arm of the flesh. We have to win this victory, mishpacha. Now, some people think, and, and they thought this about me for, for years and years, you know, like your, your emphasis on hope, you're like Pollyanna. You just think, if you think positive thoughts, everything's gonna work out fine. And that's not the way it works. Well, actually, I agree with that idea. It's not just positive thoughts. And it's not that everything just works out fine. If, if you think that's what I'm saying, you're not hearing me. What I'm saying is, even in dark times, God is at work. God is at work now. God is at work even in times of difficulty. God is at work even in times of great stress and distress. And you and I need to pay attention to that. And when we pay attention to that, we understand God can take us through difficult circumstances and he can work in us, through us, by us, and on behalf of us in these dark times. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I'm hopeful because he can do it. Paul told the believers in Italy about being hopeful, Romans 15, 4, the Tanakh, the scriptures he wrote, give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Back to the life of Joseph. Joseph lived with hope. He refused to give in to negativity or despair. He worked, he served, he lived like a man with a future, even when he was in prison. Only God could have taken him from prison to prime minister in Egypt. Only God elevated him to a place where he made history. Joseph could have given in to bitterness and alienation. He could have become a sour person. So many bad experiences, so much disappointment, but God had a plan for Joseph. And during all the times of difficulty, God was building character and faithfulness into Joseph. The Lord himself was holding on to the future he had for Joseph. Joseph had to hold on to the Lord, but the Lord was holding on to the future that he had for Joseph. There were times when it must have seemed hopeless. There were times when it must have just seemed like a dream. But there came a time when God knew it was just the right time for Joseph to be restored to his brothers and his father. We'll read about that in the coming weeks and for them to be restored to him and to one another. All those dark times came to an end. The guilt, the shame, the regrets, the sense of loss, it was time for life from the dead. And only God can do that. No wonder that God used death and resurrection to demonstrate his love and his mercy, his justice, his power through Yeshua. And no wonder that Jacob, when he heard the good news that Joseph was alive, said that his son, who had been dead, is now alive. The resurrection of Yeshua, you can be sure, is absolute proof that the God of Israel is the God of hope. And I want to ask you, spread that hope wherever you can, because that's the message of Hanukkah, and it's the message of Messiah. And my hope is that you will be an instrument who spreads hope from the God of hope to people all around you. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing now, but first, would you consider becoming a contributor, a donor to Beth Israel? You can go to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving for all the details. And now let's join together for Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha 
May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep watch over you, guard and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. So from Sandy and me and from our family, from the Korshans and their family, thanks for joining with us today. And for everyone, we say Shabbat Shalom and Happy Hanukkah. Mm -hmm.